Picking up from last week, Acts chapter 13. If you want to turn to Acts chapter 13, we'll beginning with 51, and we'll read the first paragraph, first two paragraphs of chapter 14 from the book of Acts. This is Paul leaving and heading to Iconium, verse 51, he and Barnabas, but they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of Jews and Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and embittered their minds against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord, who, bearing witness to their word of grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Laconium, and to the surrounding villages, and they were preaching the gospel there. You can be seated. Patrick, thanks Jordan. Um, thank you for those words of those songs we got to sing this morning. We will be in those verses this morning. Um, there was a young, there was a young man some years ago. I don't remember. I should have looked up what year it was. And uh, this young man was told by his teachers that he was stupid and he couldn't learn anything. He took a job and he got fired. And he got a little older. He took another job, and he got fired from that job because they said he was unproductive. He wanted to invent something, so he tried 10 times and failed. He tried 10 more times and failed. He tried 100 more times and failed. He tried 999 times and failed. He tried 1,000 times and failed. On the thousandth and first time or so, Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. Thomas Edison had some things against him, but he kept going on. Eh? In a, secu a secular conception of that might be something like this. Winners never quit, but quitters... Winners never quit, but quitters never win, right? That would be a secular conception of that. <laughs> but Jesus said... I want to expand on that a little bit, because Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his very soul? And you might say, well, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to gain the whole world, but the thing would still be true. Whatever you're trying to gain, what would it profit you if you gained that and lost your very soul? It's a sad truth that the enemy knows too well most people will forfeit their souls for something that's far, far less than the whole world, right? 1 Corinthians 15.58 is our highlight verse for today. It's the verse that's, if you have a bulletin, it's in your bulletin, it's the verse on the screen here. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be 
steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil in the Lord or your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Or your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Another translation has it. I want to speak to you this morning on the blessings of passing on, of pressing on, not passing on, of the blessings of... That would be a blessing as well. There is a great blessing in that. But I want to speak about the blessings of pressing on. That's what I want to speak about this morning. Um, apparently my words are all jumbled up, so let me open with a word of prayer, okay? We, we, need, we need the Lord's help. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the, those of us who are gathered here this morning. Father, I pray that you would be with us now. Remove distractions from our minds. Whatever those distractions are, um, just remove them, that we might hear from you this morning, myself included, that you be pleased with what's proclaimed and our response to it. In Jesus' name, for his glory, amen. Um, yeah, that's what I want to talk about, the blessings of pressing on and what great blessings they are. Um, when I say pressing on, I mean pressing on in the Lord. I don't mean pressing on in the sense of Thomas Edison, although there's advantages to that as well, pressing on in your earthly life, just laboring hard. There's, there's blessings there. But the Apostle Paul is going to write to the Philippians some years after the event we're looking at today in our text, and he's going to say something like this in Philippians 3, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal. I press on toward the goal. And really, as we look at this first missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas, that's what we find them doing. They're moving forward. They're pressing on. And it's what we see throughout the book of Acts. Throughout the book of Acts, we see people doing that very thing. As this book unfolds, it is the story of the advance of the gospel, the birth and development of the early church, and the perseverance of the first century believers pressing on to advance the gospel into the world. That's the story of the book of Acts. They're pressing on in the face of many trials and troubles and difficulties. In our text, and we've seen that in our text over the last few weeks, that Barnabas and Paul have met with some challenges and opposition and rejection and hatred and envy and violence as well. And we're going to see more of that in chapter 14 as we look at it again next week, Lord willing. But they keep going. They keep going. They keep pressing on. And someone might ask them, you know, if you were to meet Paul and Barnabas and say it was a modern-day situation, here comes this Paul and Barnabas, someone might want to ask them why. Why, Paul? Why, Barnabas? Why do you keep going? John Mark left you guys. Don't you remember that? And Paul, you're not, as you're coming to Iconium, I can tell you, you look like you're feeling sickly, Paul. You're not looking too good. Why do you keep going? good run. Your intentions were good, but now you've been opposed. You've been driven from town. People don't believe you. They don't believe what you're saying. Why do you keep going? They don't like you. People not only don't believe you, they don't like you. Look at how many people oppose you. Can't you see the whole town hates you? There are people that want to kill you. Why do you keep going? And I think they would have answers to questions like that. And the kind of answers they would give would fall into two categories. And the first category would be the reason why. 
And the second category, and that's the thing I'm going to focus on this morning, is the results. The results of, of, of them pressing on, okay? The blessings of pressing on is what we're going to be talking about this morning. But the reason they press on, and that's more to the message next week, is this statement in verse 3. Therefore they spent a long time there, speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord, who was testifying to what? To the word of His grace. They had a message to proclaim. That's the reason they kept pressing on. What a wonderful phrase Luke uses to kind of encapsulate everything that's contained in the gospel. The word of His grace. That's an uncompromising message. It speaks of God's unmerited favor in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what that phrase speaks to. That's the reason they kept pressing on, because of the message they had to bring. And it's the obvious reason. And then the obvious results. Look at verse 1. In Iconium, they entered the synagogue of the Jews together and spoke in such a manner, or spoke so effectively, or spoke so that a large number of people believed. Well, that would be the results that kept them pressing on. They saw people coming to faith in Christ. That would be the results. They, they, had, they had the right motivation in the reason. The motivation was solid because they had a message to give. And they had a reason to continue to, to, for continuation, and that was because of the results they were seeing. But I see in this text, those are the obvious things, right? That's the low-hanging fruit. They had, they had a motivation to go, and it was the reason they went, because of the message they had. And they had a reason to keep going because of the results they were seeing. But I see in this text some other blessings that are encouraging them to press on. Blessings that have played out in earlier sections of the book of Acts, and blessings I'd like us to keep in mind as we continue going through the book of Acts, and blessings that we as believers enjoy today. The blessings of pressing on in the Lord. And I want to talk to you about those things. Seven blessings of pressing on in the Lord. You might call them blessings of obedience, and we'll talk about that, but I'm being very intentional with this phrase. Blessings of pressing on. It's not always easy to press on. It's not always easy, but there's tremendous blessing in doing so. So seven blessings of pressing on. Verse 51, look what it says in verse 51 of chapter 15. But they shook off the dust of their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. This first blessing of pressing on is clear direction. Clear direction. It's a blessing that we can enjoy. It's a blessing they enjoyed. And it's a blessing we see played out throughout the book of Acts. We saw it earlier and we're going to see it after this. It's the blessing from the Lord of clear direction. Just clear direction. There is a blessing in knowing where you're going and why you're headed there. And without a sense of direction, a person's whole life can just be a cycle of walking around in the same circle, right? Without the blessing of clear direction from the Lord, a person's entire life can be this endless cycle of walking around in the same circle. You can find yourself at the same point in that circle that you were at 10 years ago. And come back around, and 10 years later, you find yourself in the same point. This endless cycle, never moving forward with the Lord, never moving forward spiritual matters. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 are very familiar verses. The last part of Proverbs 
of that of those two verses, Proverbs three six says this: In all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall or he will direct your paths. There is a blessing in knowing that God is directing your steps. There's a tremendous blessing in that. And you can't read this book without recognizing that the Lord is directing the steps of His disciples, without thinking what a blessing it must have been for them to know that the Lord was doing that very thing for them. It must have been a blessing for them to know the Lord is with us. He's directing us. He's guiding us. And there there were probably times they wondered. In fact, I, I know there were. Paul, Paul was thinking about Balaam at one point, and, and Jesus comes to him and says, hey, I have many people in this city. You go on speaking. It would be a blessing for them to know they weren't just engaged in a series of random or unfortunate events. Brother and sister in Christ, same for us today. It's a blessing for us to know that we are not just engaged in a series of random events or unfortunate events. There is a blessing in knowing that we have clear direction from the Lord. He is guiding us. In verse 51, when it says, but they shook off the dust of their feet against them, this shows that they had a knowledge of Jesus' words even prior to the writing of the Gospels. This is something that is recorded in the Gospels in two places, in Mark chapter 10 and in Luke. Is it in Luke? I have it written down here. Yeah, and in Luke chapter 10. In two places, that same thing is recorded. Luke sent, or Luke, Jesus sends out the 12 apostles. He gives them clear instruction. He tells them what to take and what not to take. He tells them, when you go into a place, who you're to stay with. If someone receives you, you stay with that person. And when, when, they, won't, when they won't listen anymore in that town, you shake off the dust of your sandals and leave and protest against them. It, they're, they're basically making a statement by doing that. They're saying... You will not accept the gospel, and so you're unholy. You're impure. You haven't trusted what God has done for you. And when Jesus sends out the twelve to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand, when he gives them those instructions, he tells them that. You tell, you, when you go to leave that town, you shake off the dust of your, of, of your feet against them. He tells them they're going to face opposition. Verse 51 would be a visual statement that they were considered impure, no longer holy because of their disbelief. And so that's what they do. They shake off the dust of their feet in protest against them, and they went to Iconium. What happens, what happens when they find things just as Jesus said they would be? The blessing is that of seeing Jesus' words of instruction in operation, isn't it? Jesus has said something. I've applied it to my life. I'm doing that very thing, and I see that those words are applicable to me. They ring true. You find things just as he said they would be. It would be a blessing to them to see the truths of Scripture played out in their very lives. In Luke chapter 10, when he, Jesus sends out the 70, he tells them very similar instructions, not exactly the same. But they come back in Luke 10, 17. It says, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us, subject to us in your name. They returned with joy. 
They were rejoicing. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. What does Jesus say in response to them? Remember what Jesus says? Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. So as much of a blessing it is to be directed by the Lord in this life and to see the truths of Scripture played out in our lives and for them to see the truths of what Jesus has said played out in their lives, they came into a place, they were, they were rejected, and now they shake off the dust of their feet and protest against them. And they go on to Iconium, and this is going to play out in other ways as well. But their names are written in heaven, and so are yours and mine. If we've trusted Jesus as Savior, if we can trust Him for today, we can trust Him for eternity. And if you can trust Him for eternity, you can trust Him for today. Both things are true. There is a blessing in knowing direction from the Lord. And, and, and God's Word is full of direction for us as believers. I mean, what happens when you're obedient to the direction of the Holy Spirit? When you apply the truth that you know, When you take the truth of God that you know, maybe the Lord's been speaking to you about something, maybe about salvation, maybe about getting something right in your life, maybe about something from, from the Word that you just keep coming across. Maybe, maybe you listen to messages on the radio and the same thing keeps coming up and you know that's the Lord speaking to you. Well, what happens when you're obedient to the direction of the Holy Spirit there? When you take and apply the truth that you know right now, you find that you're pressing on with clear direction from the Lord, right? All, all, all the... All the cloudiness goes away. And that direction is a direction towards the Lord. I'm not necessarily talking, when I say a clear direction from the Lord, I'm not necessarily talking about a geographical direction. But it's a spiritual direction, and that direction is toward the Lord. Not, not what job should I take, what job shouldn't I take, what about this and what about that, but a clear direction toward the Lord. When we're obedient to His Word, we find ourselves blessed with clear direction. They have direction again. Look in verse 6. There's people that want to stone them. And it says in verse 6, they became aware of it and fled to the cities of, the cities of Lyconia. They became aware of it and fled. They became aware of it. God, God is directing their steps. Now, they could have stayed, but someone has wrote it well, and I don't know who, it, who, who did, but an unnecessary martyr is a suicide, hey? An unnecessary martyr is a suicide. They, they, they take off. They, they can get out of town, so they, Paul's going to get stoned. Next week, we're gonna, I think we're going to see where he gets stoned, but an unnecessary martyr is a suicide, so they become aware of it, and they go. But what about those believers they're leaving behind? They're blessed with direction as well. Their direction is to stay. Their direction is to stay. Paul and Barnabas have to get out of town. They're the traveling missionaries. They've brought the gospel, but there's a church there. What's the direction for the Lord for, from the Lord for them? The direction from the Lord for them is to stay, not to move on, not to go anywhere. You know, in Mark chapter 5 is that story of the demoniac who's uh, possessed with a legion of demons. And Jesus casts those demons out of him. And he wants to go with Jesus so desperately. And Jesus tells him, no, you stay and tell and go and tell your people what, 
what great things the Lord has done for you. Most people, when they come to faith in Christ, aren't going to go out and be a Paul or a Barnabas and travel. They are to stay and to tell the people around them what great things the Lord has done for them. Paul and Barnabas left the church at Antioch, Syria. They were two that left. That church is still thriving back there. Their sending church is still thriving there. And that demoniac, after he is freed from, by Jesus from those demons, freed from sin and shame, he does exactly what Jesus tells him to do. In, in Mark chapter 5 and verse 29, it says that everyone is amazed. Everyone is amazed. I remember when I got, first got saved and I was sharing the gospel with people that I worked with that knew me before I got saved. And one of them guys said, Dan, what happened to you? You used to, and you used to, and you used to, and you used to. I said, yep, Mac is his name. I said, you're right, Mac. I used to. But if you want to know what happened to me, I'm willing to talk to you about that. And the Lord gave me more than one opportunity to share the gospel with that man. I used to, but I don't know more. Christ has set me free. Clear direction from the Lord. A blessing of pressing on. That is a blessing of pressing on. Clear direction from the Lord. Second blessing of pressing on is contagious joy. Look at verse 52. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Continually filled with joy. This is contagious joy. The joy of the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 says, Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Ezra says that to the people. Psalm 16.11 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are eternal pleasures. What a joy it was for these men, Paul and Barnabas, to be recognizing that the Lord was guiding them and that the Lord was with them and they were sensing his presence with them, leading them and guiding them and directing them. They were seeing people come to faith in Christ and they were moving on to the next field of ministry that the Lord had for them. What a joy it must have been for them. I think this describes their experience as they walked toward, toward and into Iconium. Iconium is about 50 miles to the southeast of Antioch, Pisidian Antioch here. They weren't in heaven's glory, but they were, sure, they were sure enjoying a taste of it. Have you ever done that? I know I'm not in heaven's glory, but I think I sure am enjoying a taste of it. The Lord blesses us with that sometimes, hey? One of the blessings of pressing on is that contagious joy. The disciples were continually filled with joy. But you know, the joy to be found in the Christian life does not come apart from practical obedience. The joy to be found in the Christian life does not come apart from practical obedience. Paul and Barnabas are moving forward. In Acts 26, 19, Paul is going to be standing before King Agrippa and he's going to say, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Declaring it. I was not disobedient. The joy to be found in the Christian life does not come apart from practical obedience. In Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 5, and, and 
I think this is all speaking of Jesus, Isaiah chapter 50, and it's a wonderful chapter in the Bible. But Isaiah 50, verse 5, says this, The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn my back. We're to move forward on the truths that we have, hey? We're to move forward on the truths that we have. We, we don't know it all. Hopefully, Lord willing, we know more than we knew last month and last year and 10 years ago, but we're to move forward in the spiritual life on the truths that we have, the truths that are before us. The writer of Hebrews sums this up in a single verse, what I'm trying to express to you, and it's this, Hebrews 5.14, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Constant use, applying Scripture to their lives. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have come to the Word of God, applied it to their lives, and moved forward in that way, produces contagious joy in the soul, right? A contagious joy. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves. We're talking about seven blessings today of pressing on. And I want to encourage you to press on in the joy of the Lord, to press on with a clear direction from the Lord. And, the, and these guys, they're pressing on another way. To press on in the Lord is to be obedient to Him. And, his, and they are joyful, but they're pressing on in this way, with increasing effectiveness in the Lord. They're pressing on with increasing effectiveness. Look at verse 14. In Iconium, in Iconium, they entered the synagogue of the Jews together and spoke in such a manner that a large number of people believed both of Jews and of Greeks. Or you might have it, and it came to pass in Iconium, they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke, so spoke. They spoke so effectively. A third blessing of pressing on in the Lord is increasing effectiveness for the Lord. Increasing effectiveness. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 8, Peter is mentioning in, in verses 5 through 7 certain qualities, character qualities of a Christian. You might say it that way. Or virtues that should be pursued. And they're all connected together in this line. Add to your faith moral excellence to moral excellence, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brother, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, love. They're all bound together. And he says in verse 8, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge, in the knowledge, rather, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the one quality I'd like to point out to you, even though they're all tied together, is this quality that he mentions of perseverance. There's a blessing in pressing on in the Lord and persevering, and the blessing is an increasing effectiveness. A contagious joy, clear direction. A fourth one, clear contrasts. Look at verse 2. Acts 14 in verse 2. But the Jews who disbelieved stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brethren. Stirred up the minds. 
that statement literally means poison the souls of. Paul and Barnabas are, are engaged in, in the salvation of souls, and they're seeing people come to faith. And there are these other people that are stirring up the minds, poisoning the souls of others, causing them to be evil affected against the brethren. So they're not just evil affected against Paul and Barnabas. They're evil affected against the whole church. This is the blessing of clear contrast. That's what I want to point out with this. The gospel divides like nothing else. And it is a blessing that it does. Jesus says in Luke 12, 51, thank you for that, Maria. Do you think that I have come to bring peace on earth? Now, he brings peace to men, right? We have an inner peace. But peace on earth, he says, no, I tell you, but division. I've come to bring division. He says in John, it says in John 15, 18, if they hated you, if they hated me, rather, they will hate you. There's a blessing in this clear contrast. There's, the first time you meet someone, maybe you already do this, maybe you don't. The first time you meet a new person, the sooner you can bring Jesus into the conversation, the better. Because people know where you stand. The sooner you can bring Jesus into that conversation, the sooner they know that, okay, this is a believer. The longer you wait, not always best. Bring Jesus into that conversation right away. It's a blessing. Sometimes you don't even have to do that. It's a blessing when someone says, what's up with you? <laughs> Why are you always so happy? It's a blessing when you don't even have to do that. But the sooner you can bring Jesus into that conversation, there's a blessing in clear contrast. The world's hatred can be a confirmation of whose we are. This blessing makes things easy for us to navigate. We're in the world, but we're not to be of the world. This world is not our home. We are aliens and strangers here. We are living in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom we are supposed to shine brightly for Christ. Okay? There's a blessing in the clear contrast. But the Jews who disbelieved stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brethren. Fifth blessing. There's this blessing of courageous boldness. It says in verse 3, Therefore they spent a long time there speaking boldly in the Lord. Speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord is how the new uh, American standard has it. Therefore, they spent a long time there speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord. This blessing of courageous boldness, the righteous are bold like a lion, but it's not a, a self-righteous boldness. It's a boldness in the Lord. It's a boldness that the Lord provides. It's a blessing because it's born out of a greater dependence upon the Lord. It's born out of a greater dependence on the Lord. They, they don't have anyone else to turn to. They can't turn... To themselves, they have to rely on the Lord here. They're relying on the Lord. They're speaking boldly. There is this heat coming against the body of believers that are there, and they're still going on, speaking boldly. They spend a long time doing it. They don't take off. They don't flee. They stay there. 2 Timothy 3.16 is a very familiar verse with everyone. If I was asking you to say it with me, would you be able to? 
You might have it a different translation. Let's try that. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Another translation might say it another way. So that the man of God might be thoroughly equipped unto every good work. Okay, that's a very familiar word, right? Verse, right? 2 Timothy 3.16. Many of us know it well. We're familiar with it. Turn to 2 Timothy, though, because I'd like... Are you familiar, as familiar with the verses that come just before that? 2 Timothy chapter 3. Starting at verse 10. We're talking about the blessings of pressing on. And one of the blessings of pressing on is this courageous boldness that is born out of a greater dependence on the Lord. And look what Timothy is told by Paul here. 2 Timothy 3.10 Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. He's talking about the events we're reading about in Acts. He's telling Timothy, you followed them. Now, Timothy isn't with him yet, so Timothy has been told by Paul somewhere along the way, I told you about those things. You know what I went through at Iconium, at Antioch, Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. And out of them all, the Lord rescued me. The Lord rescued me, he tells Timothy. You remember that, he says. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly Life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God. What is he saying to Timothy? What's he saying to him? I think he's encouraging Timothy to press on with greater dependence on the Lord, and he's given him the means to do it, and the means to do it is the very word of God, a greater dependence on God. I want you to see this in another place. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Second Corinthians chapter one. One of the blessings of pressing on is this courageous boldness. But that boldness is born out of a greater dependence on God. Look what Paul says in Second Corinthians one, verse eight and nine. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia. Now, this is another place that he's talking about. That we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. This is a boldness, a courageous boldness that's born out of a greater dependence on God. And it's one of the blessings 
of pressing on. This, right here. You, 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 you move forward in your life, applying God's Word to your life, and you find out that it bears out true. You prove it true over and over and over again in your own life, in your very life. And you find God is walking with you. He's guiding you. He's directing you. And you're filled with this joy. And you're increasing in your effectiveness with regard to the gospel and to be a blessing to others. And there's this clear contrast set before you. So all the gobbledygook of the world is easier put aside, right? There's the, there, the, the ability to focus on the important thing becomes so much more clear. The mess is set aside. You can go right to the point. What, what is so impressive about someone that is really good at their job? They know exactly what needs to be done right now. There's no wasted step. I changed tires. You guys might not know this. Most of you do. I changed tires for 30 years. Cindy and I were talking about what am I good at? I said, I'm not really good at much. I'm not a master of anything. I said, that's it, not true. I am a master at changing tires. I can change a tire like nobody's business. When you work with someone long enough and you know how, you, you can know if they're good at their job or not. When I would show up on a job, there's no wasted step. No, and I'm not bragging about myself. I'm just saying, that's what happens. That's what happens when you have this courageous boldness that is born out of a greater dependence on God. You have this clear perspective. And that's what Paul is saying here to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians. We did not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. In other words, all our self-confidence was set aside and we could focus on the main thing. It's one of the blessings of pressing on in the Lord. There's a lot of things that come at us that might cause us to want to give up. There are people around us that maybe want to give up. There are people that say, yeah, I don't know if I want to keep moving forward, but we can, we can press on and we can encourage others to press on because there's great blessings in pressing on. Back to Acts 14. Another blessing in pressing on with the Lord, His confirming presence. His confirming presence. They spent a long time there, it says in verse 3, speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord who was testifying to the word of His grace. The Lord Himself was testifying to the word they proclaimed by granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. What? Right? Here we are, we're proclaiming this truth, the word of His grace. And the Lord is enabling Paul and Barnabas to perform signs and wonders. You say, well, that doesn't happen today, really. Maybe not in the sense that is being spoken about there, but there are some wonderful things that the Lord enables us to do. And He assures us, assures us of His presence when we are completely committed to Him and His work. And what I would want to say with that is step forward, press on, taste and see that the Lord is good. Most people are saying, God, show me something and I'll believe. But God has, by the testimony of Scripture, already revealed Himself in, in our conscience as well, and in creation as well, and on the cross. He's already revealed Himself. He's already shown us what He's needed to show us. Do you know, these signs and wonders didn't convince anyone to believe in the Lord, it seems like. 
Half the town is against them. Half the town saw the signs and wonders and thought, well, that's cool, but I don't believe a word you're saying. And I'm saying to you, brother and sister in Christ, as you press on, you will sense His confirming presence as you step forward, as you taste and see that the Lord is good, as you just trust His Word, as you trust and obey. What is that sweet hymn? Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Simple words, but so true. His confirming presence, to sense the presence of the Lord with you. I don't know if it gets better than that, does it? Does it get better than that? To sense God's presence with you, leading you, directing you, welling up as a, as a source of joy in your soul? The last one. We're talking about blessings of pressing on. Again, I could have said blessings of obedience, and obedience comes into play, but I'm talking about very intentionally, very specifically, pressing on. Because the thought of just giving up with spiritual things is so prevalent. It's so prevalent. Just give up. The last blessing of pressing on that I, that I see here, maybe not the last one, but the last one I have for us today, is a continued ministry. Verse 4 through 7. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers to abuse them, they despite, to abuse them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derby, cities of Laconia, and unto the region that lies around about. And what's it say in verse 7? And there they preached the gospel, a continued ministry, continued service to the Lord. Look, we're not all Paul, none of us are Paul and Barnabas. We're not apostles. But each part of the body of Christ has a service to render unto the Lord. And that service continues to grow, continues to move forward. You have a continued ministry when you press on. When you press on. Don't listen to the enemy that says give up. Don't listen to the enemy that says you botch that. Don't listen to the enemy that says there's nothing there for you. Your time is done. You've failed too many times. Don't listen to the enemy. I think we should be more like Thomas Edison. Didn't listen to his teachers. The 999th time he tried to create the light bulb, he didn't quit. He kept pressing on. I think we should be like him. There's a, there's a, there's a lesson for us there. And the blessings are far greater Look, we're all blessed by the light bulb, that's for sure. But the blessings of the Lord that we receive from pressing on are greater than that. They were receiving them, and the light bulb wasn't invented yet. And should the Lord tarry, after the light bulb is long done away with and they come up with something else, believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, are going to be receiving these blessings as well. Let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the blessings that come our way when we press on. Father, encourage us to press on. Encourage us to keep moving forward. Help us to encourage one another to press on in the things of the Lord, to press on in our spiritual lives. Lord, help us to build one another up. In Jesus' name I pray for his glory. Amen.